Hey, everybody. This is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com, and I'm here with Eric Moline from SceneStealers.com. Thanks, Trevin. It's Yay. nice to be here. Yeah, good to have you. I don't know why you didn't announce yourself this time, but I was happy to do it for you. Yes. We're going to talk about a few things today uh, rather quickly because we don't have much time. Um, we're going to talk about the new movie, Just Go With It. Just Go With It. Starring Adam Sandler, yeah. Nick Schwartzen, and... Uh, Jennifer Aniston. We're going to talk about top 10 cinematic performances. That is partnerships, partnerships. where people have uh, teamed together on multiple movies. De Niro, with Scorsese, results. yeah. Um, the uh, Coen brothers, so on and so forth. And then we're also going to go over three uh, DVD releases um, from movies that were overlooked or underrated from last year. Absolutely. So let's get started. Let's talk about Just Go With It, the All right. Adam Sandler vehicle. I am I am just going to go with it. I w- I'll tell you one thing. Here's the deal. The, uh, the first thing I have to say about it is the title sucks. I hate movies with these generic, boring titles. Just go with it. Yeah, it sounds like it should be said while shrugging. Yeah. <laughs> just go with it. You know, yeah. like it just sounds like. Yeah, it's a really boring. I think the original title. title was something like Perfect Wife or whatever. Here's yeah. the story, right? This is uh, the sixth movie that Adam Sandler has uh, starred in that was also directed by Dennis Dugan, uh, yeah. who uh, goes all the way back to the Happy Gilmore days. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also responsible for Big Daddy, and that's on the good side of things. Um, I believe uh, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, yeah. uh, now pronounced you Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Um, this guy's been making movies with Sandler for a long time, and this one is, is strange in that it's based on uh, a 1969 movie called Cactus Flower, which actually won Goldie Hawn her only Oscar. Huh. Um, and Walter Matthau and Ingrid Bergman were in the um, Sandler and Aniston roles. Um, ironically, that movie uh, was also based on an American Broadway play, which was itself based on a French farce play. So this, so, to, to recap, this movie is based on a movie that was based on a play that was based on another play. Yes, absolutely. Wow, it sounds really original. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the deal, though. So also, take... that's not the first time I've compared Adam Sandler to Walter Matthau. I mean, that's a pretty... <laughs> easy, logical comparison to make, those two. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the deal. So they take they take a, um, a very, very standard romantic comedy uh-huh. uh, and, and they plug it into this premise. So the premise from uh, Cactus Flower is basically used, but not much else. The, the premise is this. Uh, he's a rich guy, uh, Sandler is. In this mm-hmm. case, uh, he, he was a dentist in the original. Now he's a plastic surgeon. Uh, which, which actually, there's some fun jokes at, at Hollywood's expense and plastic surgeons. Kevin Nealon plays uh, somebody who can't move hardly any muscles in his face. <laughs> He's actually really funny um, for one scene. But uh, so they, they uh, you know, he, he has this office uh, co-worker, Jen- Jennifer Aniston, who plays his assistant. And they obviously have a very good friendship. He knows their kids. You can kind of see where this is going right away. Uh, he has this uh, scam that he uses where he wears a wedding ring mm-hmm. so that he can have um, sex with uh, women uh, who he meets at bars all the time by giving him a sob story about how terrible his wife is to them. Okay, so, so he's a plastic surgeon and he has to rely on like parlor tricks to get laid? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's but he's a plastic surgeon that acts just like Adam Sandler does in every Adam sure. Sandler movie that wasn't directed by somebody who uh, wanted to do like something different. Paul Tom- yeah, every like Paul Thomas Nom- Anderson or Judd Paul- Apatow. Tom- yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is he falls in love with this um, beautiful girl. She's 20-something. She's a model. Yeah. Uh, she actually is played by a model. Uh, Brooklyn is her first name. Yeah, I can't remember. Brooklyn Decker. There you go, Brooklyn Decker, and and uh, yeah, she's really beautiful. Her favorite band is In Sync. There's also a huge generation gap there. 
So do um, they have any fun with that? Like, do they go places uh, with that, or no. is it just kind of a one-off? No, stupid no joke? it's just a stupid joke <sighs> every now and then. I would also like to mention that this movie has at least three kicks to the groin. <laughs> so that is uh, a standard for movies like this, uh, in my opinion. Nick Swarsden uh, plays his really obnoxious best friend, and that guy is just trying really, really hard to get laughs throughout the entire film. That's kind of his shtick. Like, yeah. Every, like he's on. He's been on Reno. I guess Reno's canceled. He was on Reno several times. Reno nine one one and. Uh, his stand-up. He's even got his own show on uh, Comedy Central. I don't know if it's been renewed for a second season, but that's he, he's kind of desperate. I saw him do stand-up with um, Will Ferrell and uh, Zach Galifianakis and uh, Dimitri Martin, and he was the most unfunny of the bunch, Yeah, uh, in my opinion. But anyway, some people think he's really funny. In this movie, I just think he's over the top because Sandler's so laid back. Yeah, um, you know Rob Schneider is not in the movie. Neither is, is David Spade. What? Oh, Grown Ups was the other yeah. movie that Dugan, oh, Dugan directed did. him just yeah. recently in. Um, yeah. So you know, it just follows this pattern we've seen a million times before. There's no surprises. Uh, all the interesting things about Cactus Flower, uh, including a suicide attempt by the uh, young character at the beginning of the movie, seem to have been stripped out. Um, and and for something that should be. This crazy kind of slapstick farce where he keeps lying. I haven't even got to that part. The whole purpose is he keeps lying to this girl, mm-hmm. and he says that he's used to be married to Jennifer Aniston, so she has to play his ex-wife. Well, then her kids get involved because she answers the phone, and all of a sudden there's kids yeah. in there. So now the kids are pretending to be their kids, and of course, you know, uh, just keeps, you know, yeah, then, it keeps then snowballing groin, groin shots ensue. Well, yeah, and and so I I said in my review on KTKA, you know, this is uh, basically Mm -hmm. a feature-length episode of Three's Company stretched out to, you know, er, to feature-length. And and unfortunately, it's not that fun. Hmm. It just, I'd rather watch Jack Tripper for 90 minutes, I think, and Larry Dallas than I would uh, uh, to watch um, this movie. It's just so bland, and, you know, uh, there is a little bit of chemistry at the very end when they have the moment that they... You know, have together. Everyone um, knows is coming. That everyone knows is coming. Where he realizes that Jennifer Aniston is the girl of his dreams. Right. Yeah. And he was right in front of his nose the whole time. Of course. There's some supporting work by Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews. Yeah, I was looking at the IMDb page, and it was like all the guys that are always in Adam Sandler's movies, you know, like Alan Colbert, all those guys. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman and Dave Dave Matthews. Matthews. And and they have some moments together that that are really funny as this kind of, uh, you know, rich bitch couple uh, type thing. Um, But then that devolves into uh, some really kind of offensive gay jokes. So I don't know. I I didn't hate Just Go With It, but I, I disliked it fairly intensely. Okay. So. I mean, you know, if you've seen any of these Adam Sandler movies, these these really generic ones, mm-hmm. this is just another one of those. Yeah. You know, um, uh, if, if, if I were a Sandler fan, I would be uh, excited um, to see something like Punch Drunk Love or Funny People or even Spanglish or, yeah. or Talk to Me anytime he does something remotely different. But um, this is not one of those films. Well, it's pretty by the numbers. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on then. I don't have anything to say about it because I didn't see it. But I will say that his his uh, performance is basically oh, and Little Nicky did Dugan do Little Nicky? No, no. Well, at least he can't. That would be too strange. At least he can't claim responsibility for that. <laughs> one. 
But yeah, Sandler was basically like an action figure. You just kind of take him out and put him in a different playset. You know, he seems so. really comfortable with it. Like, I, I well, get if it, it makes it's him like, money, why not? Yeah, and and it's his production company and everything. Yeah. I've heard stories Happy about Madison. him from people I know that live in Hollywood. They say he's just the nicest guy. Yeah, he supports his friend and everything. You know, he he makes these movies. A grandma's like boy. He produced. Well, yeah, yeah. That but was I mean, essentially he, an Adam Sandler movie without Adam Sandler. Absolutely. You know? yeah. But but he makes these um these these other films the ones that he tries something different on every now and then. Yeah. And then it seems like he just goes back to the well because he realizes that's what his audience wants. Yeah. So. Well, it works and it makes him money and it lets him hang out with his friends and you know employ people that he likes. So more power to him. I should mention that you're listening to the Scene Stealers podcast. This is Eric Moline from scenestealers.com and Trevin from lawrence.com. Uh, the top ten cinematic partnerships are on Scene Stealers uh, right now. It was written by Abby Olsis, who is uh, a KU graduate, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, and she's got her own uh, film website, No More Popcorn, uh, that she's working on. But she contributes good stuff to Scene Stealers, and I was jealous that she came up with this great idea for a list a couple weeks ago and emailed me, and I said, absolutely, you should do this, knowing yeah. full well that I, I wanted to do one myself. Yeah. It's a great idea. It is so, a good idea. Uh, Good for Abby. Well done. Partnerships. And, and also, yeah, real quick, before we get into partnerships, I'd also like to say that uh, you can contact us uh, via our Scene Stealers phone number at 913-256-5434, or you can email us direct at uh, eric at scenestealers. Uh-huh, eric at scenestealers.com. Or trevin at lawrence.com. Yeah. And, of course, the podcast you're listening to is on the lawrence.com website, and you can leave a comment. We had some good discussion this week uh, about the social network versus King's speech. So Yeah, that keep, was really cool. Keep, keep them coming. So we can either uh, put your voice on the air or read what you say. And um, yeah, We're going to read fun. some comments on this cinematic partnership list, but let's get started. So we're going to hit, we're not going to go through the whole list. You can go to scenestealers.com to check that out, but we are going to hit some of the high points, including um, number 10, which is one of my personal favorites, Nick Cave and John Hillcote. Now, John Hillcoat, they're both Australians. Nick Cave is the musician from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, of course. John Hillcoat's known for some very, rather dark and depressing fare. And he's also the director of the only uh, script that Nick Cave's written that was actually greenlit and, and used. And that script, is the, uh, the, or that script became The Proposition. Proposition is this very seedy kind of Western set in the Australian outback. Guy Pierce is in it. Ray Winstead's in it. Ray Winstone? Yeah, Winstone. That would be that Ray would be Winstone. a really good overlooked movie too for a DVD if you haven't seen this. Yeah, well. if you haven't, it, it came out on Blu-ray. They released it on uh, Blu-ray last year. Definitely worth checking out. Nick Cave and his uh, for, um, fellow Bad Seed Warren Ellis do the soundtrack for it, and it's definitely worth checking out. Then one that wasn't one that wasn't on there that I want to bring up that I thought might yeah. be interesting is Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. Oh yeah, from, from this compo- from this idea of composers, and also John Williams and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of an that's obvious a, one. Obvious one. Well, yeah, John Williams and Spielberg, John Williams and even you know Lucas, even though you can only give him you know six movies worth of. Credit. So so then that leads us to, and we can just mention it real quick. Uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, yeah. which was Abby's number seven. Yeah, she used that as number seven, and and their only achievement is the uh, Indiana Indiana Jones franchise. They've produced several times on different things, but the only thing that Spielberg's directed and Lucas has produced, of course, was the, uh, the the four Indiana Jones movies now, even though I like to pretend that the fourth one doesn't exist. I don't <laughs> think it's that bad. I uh, hate when people that's a different talk discussion. shit on Indiana Jones that's a different and the Kingdom discussion. of the Crystal Skull yeah. because it's just as dumb as Listen, uh, Temple of Doom. No, it's not. Yes, um, it is. We've already gone over it. I'm not going to talk about it again. <laughs> you're just you're wrong, and I'm going to beat it into you You're someday. older now, and you don't feel the same way about these movies nope, as you did when you were a kid. It's not the same. 
the same at all. But let's let's move on to something we can agree on, and that's uh, Scorsese and De Niro. Yeah, I, w- I thought that maybe because she uh, had a tie with Woody Allen, Mia Farrow, uh-huh. and also Woody Allen and Diane Keaton, that Abby might have had a tie for Scorsese De Niro slash Scorsese DiCaprio. Yeah, which seems to be his, his new his new, his new De Niro. Yeah, but um, his new movie, Scorsese's new film, he's he's doing right now. Hugo Cabret does not have DiCaprio in it, and it's the first one in what like ten years, I think. Yeah. Um, we had Gangs in New York, we had The Aviator, we had uh, The Departed, mm-hmm. and Shutter Island. So yep. four in a row for DiCaprio. All great movies, too. Um, actually, in that, that kind of, because uh, Scorsese kind of came up around the same time, one that I'm, and uh, De Niro's tied to it as well, a uh, duo I'm surprised she didn't include was um, Francis Ford Coppola and Marlon Brando. Yep. You know, he totally rejuvenated Brando's career with The Godfather and Godfather 2. It's some of Brando's great, you know, best work. And then also his work on uh, Apocalypse Now was was incredible, too. And, and one of the last sort of memorable performances that Brando gave before he just kind of slipped into crazy obscurity land. Yeah, if you don't count his hammy performance in Superman. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or his brought-back-to-life performance. No, 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 never mind, no. never mind. Scratch it. That was Lawrence Olivier and Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Yeah. You can scratch that, but they also did use leftover audio um, from the original Superman recordings for Superman Returns. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's what I was going yeah. for, and I went with the other movie that resurrected the dead guy. Yeah, they do actually resurrect him, but you know, let's not talk about that. Did you? Who was the guy that uh, danced with the vacuum cleaner in the commercial? Fred Astaire. There you go. I love it when they do that. Oh, it's so classy. There's another so another uh, what is it? Astaire and and somebody else sitting in the back seat of a car. No, it's it's Gene Kelly. Mm-hmm. And is it Astaire? I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Ugh, I hate that. All right, so now you mentioned um, Keaton and Pharaoh. Let's move on. Um, let's go to number one. Let's just skip it and go straight to number one. She has the Coen brothers. It's a bold choice. I think that uh, Powell and Pressburger um, have, have definitely uh, proved their uh, mettle as far as mm-hmm. um, making tons of classic films. I think the Coen brothers probably have almost as many classic, classic films right now, and certainly yeah. they're more... Uh, current and uh, putting them at number one is is a bold choice. It's a bold choice. Uh, you know, n- looking at the list again, another one I'm missing is um, um, Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski. Nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just because their their relationship off camera is so um, well documented in in Burden of Dreams and just how much they hate each other. And someone actually posted that. This guy named Will was the third post, and he mentions Kinski and Herzog right away. He also mentions uh, uh, Jean-Luc Godard and Anna Karina. Uh, Jimmy Stewart and Frank Capra, that's a good one. John Ford and John Wayne, that's a really good one. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) missed out on that one, you know. You know, it's great because we have these top tens, and then you only got ten choices. So if if well, uh, you you and Abby here are guilty of doing ties, and I you guys are so (laughs) cheap. I do cheat. I I had a top ten movies of the year that was actually a top eleven. Yeah, you're cheaters. This this year was better than I thought it was when I started putting my list together. I was kind of impressed. Yeah, it has been a good year. Assuming you don't like the Social Network. What does that mean? I d- that was my number one. I, I know, understand. I know. Well, I mean, it's it's it, that's why it's not a good year for you because the uh, momentum has has, has gone gone and has so dissipated. Now you to watch this movie you like, not get anything. Yeah, no, I, I'm used yeah. to the movies I like not winning because the ones I always want to win are ones that take chances and do weird stuff. And like, they're n- Black Swan's never going to win. Yeah, you know, Black Swan's never going to win. There will be blood was the only weird one I thought had a chance. Like yeah. two years ago. No country though, still pretty good. Uh, yeah, I know, amazing. but it's 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 to me it's more standard and traditional than There Will Be Blood. I really loved. 
that, but that's a different discussion. Well, um, anyway, check this list out. It's a really check cool it out. list. Again, it's on Scene Stealers, and add a comment. Add your own duo. I'm sure we missed some. I should mention again, you're listening to the Scene Stealers podcast. This is Eric Moline from scenestealers.com and Trevin McGee from lawrence.com. And now we're going to talk about three movies real quick that are on DVD uh, that came out last year that you might have missed. And let's start with uh, Dogtooth. This movie is up for Best Foreign Language Film. I just rented it from Netflix the other day. Yep, it's on instant, so you can watch it immediately. And it is a freak show of a film. Basically, uh, it, the idea behind this movie is that there is a family where the uh, mother and the father have sheltered the children from the outside world for pretty much their entire lives. Um, one one thing that, that, that shows up right away in the film uh, uh, of a way to answer the question of how this is possible is that any time the children learn a word that might connect them to the outside world, like phone, mm-hmm. they tell them that that word means something else. Yeah. If, if an outside influence comes into the house and the children find out about something... Um, they just tell them, oh, they lie to them and tell them it's a difference. So all yeah. throughout the film, there's, they're, they're referring to words that we know uh, uh, mean certain things. The sea, for example, the sea means armchair or <laughs> zombies. Zombies means little yellow flowers. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a tragic comic movie for sure. Uh, but what I really like about it is that the filmmakers committed 100% to this idea, and they went deep and psychological and messed up, and they really thought about what it would be like and what it would take for somebody to do this. So they take it to a pretty far extreme. Yeah, uh, the stuff and, with and Christina, the character Christina, is, a, is very unsettling. I, I can't imagine, honestly, let's be honest. The, the Academy's foreign language film nominations have been so conservative lately, I cannot imagine how this slipped in. I read mm-hmm. recently that they put some new things into place so that there was a committee mm-hmm. uh, that was formed to help this nomination, to help the, the foreign language nomination happen, and this committee is probably who pushed this one through because in the past uh, they haven't done a good job of representing the foreign language category. So I'm excited Dogtooth is in there. It's not, it doesn't have a chance in hell to win. You don't because think so? Not at all, because uh, what has to happen is uh, in this category, Academy voters have to sign off on having seen all five films, and hmm. they always go for the most conservative one even then. So the fact that it's in there is only because of the committee. I'm excited because it's getting recognition. If you're a, a cinema fan, you should rent it immediately. Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to win. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, it is it is a little unsettling. It deals with some pretty weird themes. Um, the character I mentioned earlier, Christina, her her job basically is to, um, well, let's, let's, let's quote, the IMDb describes it as relieving the teenage son's sexual urges. Yeah. That's that's how they describe it. That's a pretty um, and it's interesting. The interesting that dad has her come in to do that for the son, but the two daughters don't get anything like that. Right. And uh, those scenes where she's involved are very unsettling. They don't really cut away, and it's 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 made more creepy by how intimate and procedural. It's it procedural is. sex. It's very Absolutely. very like yeah. it's like a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of disturbing things like that in the film, so yeah. uh, be warned. It's not for everybody. Be warned. But. It's not for everybody, and there's an iconic image of one of the main characters with a bloody um, uh, mouth, and that's... Yeah. <laughs> there's some fairly shocking violence, yeah. yeah. So you'll so. have to check that out. But yeah, we do recommend it. It is, it is um, different and weird and all the, all the things I love about uh, 
foreign movies. And so speaking of different and weird, uh, let me in a movie that we have discussed at length on this podcast and we won't go into right now is also out on DVD uh, as of last week. This is a remake of Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. the beloved uh, Swedish vampire film. We've talked about it before, how like because the movie was so faithful to the original in so many ways that it kind of alienated the people who wanted to see it in the first place or would have been the audience for it. Right. And I don't think it ever really did find the audience it should have found. But if you haven't seen the original or if you just have a thing for vampires or That's if you want to get into, um, if you want to go back and see how... Um, the American version is, or if you want to just watch it and make fun of it because it's the American version, and then, then you can instantly say that all oh, the Swedish versions better. It's definitely worth checking out. It's, I, I think it's really well done. It's done by Matt Reeves, the guy who did Cloverfield, the guy who's worked with J.J. Abrams and the Lost Crew before. It's, a, it's a great movie. It's it's built on character, mm-hmm. uh, and it also functions, I think, as as a horror film and a coming of age story. All right. So last one. Speaking of coming of age stories, Never Let Me Go uh. is a movie that came out uh, late last year and was pretty much ignored uh, by a lot of top ten lists and by the Academy. One hundred percent. It stars Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Kira Knightley and Andrew Garfield, who was snubbed in the Best Supporting Actress Actor category for The Social Network. According to you. Uh, according to me, yeah, and a lot of other people. He is uh, the lead actor here. Never Let Me Go is based on a, a classic piece of literature mm-hmm. that imagines a future. Actually, it's not a future. It's an alternate reality right. where... Um, oh. How to not how not to to spoil this? You kind of have to basically. There's there's really no way to talk about it without giving it away. The the, the, the kids profiled in mm-hmm. this English school are not going to enter society and have full lives like uh, everybody else in the world has. They are they are they are bred for a specific purpose, right. and it is their acceptance of this fate that the movie explores. That's a good way to do it. Well done. Thanks. Way to sidestep the spoiler, because I didn't think you could do it, but that's a that's a very... It's still vague, but it's a very apt uh, description for what goes on inside that movie. Um, there's a lot of, of themes here, but the big ones are sort of growing up and acceptance, and then there's a bit of a love triangle aspect to it, and I'm usually... Um, against those I usually hate love triangles but I was okay with this one because of the way that it's handled and and it's not the it, it's it's sort of the inciting action to the whole movie it kind of kind of gives the backdrop but it's not the centerpiece of the entire movie I, I think it would more be the the growing up and acceptance factors than Mm-hmm. The love triangle. So, so if you want uh, a, a depressing yeah, movie to say, rent on Valentine's depressing. Day weekend, I would say um, Never Let Me Go is a really good choice. If you want the worst date movie ever, uh, go see Blue Valentine, which is at Liberty Hall right now. And and honestly, can I just say this? You can. I think you can. The most romantic movie that we that we are profiling this week is not just Go With It, but in fact Let Me In. So if you... Uh, if you do want to rent a movie with a great male-female relationship where the two people actually care about each other and it develops on screen and it mm-hmm. means something very, very sincere, uh, Let Me In, believe it or not, is your movie. Yeah, it's just that the main characters happen to be a prepubescent boy and an eternal vampire. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, on behalf of the Scene Stealers podcast, this is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com. And Eric from SceneStealers.com. And you can email us, call us, or uh, comment on us. Comment and, and let us know what you think. Yeah.